welcome to Worcestershire LMC's podcast. Um, today's podcast is going to be with Dr. Alison Mosley, who is a GP partner at the Dow Surgery in Redditch. Hello, Alison. Hi, Jill. <laughs> so before I um, I talk to Dr. Mosley about what she's been doing in her practice, I just want to give a little bit of context. So some of you will recall that Dr. Claire Bannon came and joined us and provided a kind of um, webinar type meeting where she discussed the BMA safe working guidance in general practice. Um, and, you know, a lot of people felt sort of motivated by that to go on and make some changes. Some people were quite nervous about making those changes. Um, and, you know, some people have made more progress than others. So just to put that into context, at the moment, the average number of patients each GP is responsible for has increased by nearly 17% since 2015 to 2,260. So there are now just 0.44 fully qualified GPs per thousand patients in England, and that's down from 0.52 in 2015. In October 2022, the highest number of GP appointments ever was offered. The great majority of those appointments are face-to-face and the consultation rates per patient have increased. So fewer GPs providing care for patients increases the risk of harm and suboptimal care through decision fatigue. And it also risks GPs becoming burnt out. So in the in the safe working guidance the GPC have put together, they go on to say in terms of appointments that practices must provide enough appointments to meet the reasonable needs of their patients. And this must be done in a way that is safe for patients and GPs. They talk about unsafe working contacts and the BMA and the European Union of General Practitioners recommend a safe level of patient contacts per day in order to deliver GPs to deliver a safe care of not more than 25 contacts per day. In the At Your Service report published by the Policy Exchange, they said 28 patients per day is safe. And none of us are saying that you have to immediately go down to that number, but it gives you an idea that we are way above that at the moment. So um, at your service, again, highlighted in their report that GPs were seeing on average 37 patients a day. And they are recommending that we move down towards safe consultation numbers every day and that excess demand beyond safe levels should be directed to NHS 111, extended access hubs, which we don't have locally, or other providers. So that, I hope, gives you a little bit of background to what we're talking about. And the reason I've asked Dr. Mosley to join us is because we had a conversation very recently and I, I was really quite impressed by what you've done, Dr. Mosley, in terms of the changes that you've made. Would you like to tell us, first of all, maybe why you felt you needed to make some changes? Yeah, thank you, Jill. And thank you for inviting me um, to speak today. Um, so I think it's important we start with a little bit of a context for, for us at the Dow Surgery. So uh, this all come from the pandemic. So pre-pandemic, we were very much a mixed bag of appointments, some on the day, some pre-booked. And we are one of those rare surgeries who doesn't have a duty doctor. We all share it out between us. Um, and then we had COVID and we were forced into very much on the day working, which wasn't our our bag um, but we had to and then we got a bit lost in 2022 about where we should be going with what our patients needed there was pressure to be more on the day which wasn't working we were getting reducing more and more of our pre-bookables increasing more and more on the day for our doctors and that wasn't working patients were making routine things becoming urgent there was a bottleneck there was problems with staff being off sick and it really hit a peak I think like a lot of GPs out there where we had the group-based strep episode Mm. should we call it in December (laughs) 
so we were having over you know our standard we, we have 18 appointments in the morning and 12 in the afternoon so we're we're well above the 25 bma recommended and um, we were having almost a full clinic if not two on top of that of extras as calls or face-to-faces that were uh, urgent for that day and mainly because there was nowhere else for them to go so yeah. they couldn't wait four weeks there was no appointments to offer them because we had nothing to pre-book so they felt that it was becoming an urgent issue and that was actually driving up our numbers of calls rather than the opposite and it got to the point in December where we had 164 on the day calls that came through and we started to think enough is enough and and this came really from patient safety is our main concern our staff retention um, and patients weren't happy we, we were killing ourselves to try and meet demands and patients were not getting the care that they deserved so we thought well let's change and and change is scary I I lost lots of nights sleep over doing this I'm not going to fib um but I have a great team that supported us to do that and it did come from this guidance about safe working and and we said we can't logistically go down to 25 appointments each but can we put some stringencies in to protect us and patients and that's where our sort of brainchild came from really okay so so staff starting to feel worn down unhappy you're obviously thinking you want to retain your staff, you need to recruit more staff in future and you want people to enjoy their, their working life. Patients, you said, not happy, you're drowning in yeah. demand. What on earth do you do? And as you say, that the hardest thing is is almost accepting that you can't carry on as you are doing, isn't it? It's almost saying, yes, change is a bit daunting, but actually if we don't change, it doesn't get any better. So you took a, you took a risk at that we, point we, with your team. We absolutely yeah. did. And we basically threw it completely out the window and restarted um, with um, some of our new partners and existing partners had quite a lot of brainstorming sessions about what we needed. And we decided to set a certain number for the day that was our capping, as we call it, our emergencies that we would accept on the day. And that excluded the ours staff, um, nurse triage. It was purely doctors. And we set that at a set number that we thought was appropriate for our patient list of just over 12,000 but we had a caveat that if it was an under five or an end of life patient, they would be seen or spoken to no matter what. So there was still that that level of care that was provided. And then the rest of the appointments for each clinician. So again, no duty doctor. Everybody had their own set of emergencies because we find that a lot of doctors dread on call days. We didn't want to enforce that in our team. We've never worked like that. We've always worked collaboratively. So everybody has a set amount of capping mixed with other things. And all of our capping was face-to-face. There was non-negotiable with that, that the offer was of a face-to-face to reduce duplication. And then the rest was split into pre-bookable appointments and AccuRxs. And the pre-bookables we set at 14 days before the IIF targets actually came out. And our reasoning for that was... Yeah, I mean, it was more sort of logical thinking, actually, as much as the IF targets are a, a bit more stringent. We sort of said we used to have four week in advance booking. But what we find is people would book a four week appointment. They then book an AccuRx in a week. Then they try and get a triage appointment and then they'd actually take three appointments up for nice. what would have been one. So we thought, let's scrap the, the, the 28 days and have the longest appointment we could book in advance for routine would be 14 days. And then we had a combination of 14, 10, 7, 5, 4, 3, 2 that released every day. And then when they were full, the receptionist could 
advise people to use the AccuRx tool to go to 111 and again if the capping was full um, and it's worked really well and even patients that can't access AccuRx our receptionists are doing it for them so if they're not too busy in the call queues they can say oh well we'll fill in the AccuRx for you that means that you'll get a, a response regarding an appointment in 48 hours and those AccuRx's were capped at 14 days as well so there was no prolonged waiting which has driven duplicate appointments down significantly um, and, and it was terrifying when we started it because we had no idea if we'd be capped at 9am or 4pm or what the patients would feel about it. it it was a very this was January 2023 we started and we're still going now and we're October so so when did you start to think actually this is working or when did you notice a difference um, it, what it worked it worked straight away actually we thought our phone lines were broken initially in January because it it worked well and what we made what we decided is we tried to say that if it's an urgent thing call first thing if you're phoning for a routine phone after two we made that really stringent with patients that if they phone at 136 for routine no it is after two to try and stop this bottleneck in the morning yeah. of hundreds of people being in a call queue that didn't all need to be there and I have to say a big thank you to our reception, a care navigator, should I call them, who without that couldn't, we couldn't have done this without them and the masses of documents we created them to learn and to use and the language with which they did that, we couldn't have put these changes in without the team that we have now. So they're all equally important in this. And patients got used to it. They liked rules. They liked this is when I can call because if they're in a call queue and they were 10th in the queue, they knew they would get seen. Or if they weren't get seen, they'd get a plan of how they could be seen. And at most, that routine thing would be within two weeks. And if it wasn't within two weeks, they could complete an online appointment. They had access. It got rid of, it drove the demand of what was an emergency down. Because previously, yeah. everything was an emergency. You know, routine medication. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we found that it worked really well to the point where in the summer we had empty capping slots which we then converted with our admin team to AccuRx's and pulled off some AccuRx's from the next day put them into that release the next set as phone calls for the next set of appointments so it's like it's like a dynamic system that oh, that changes that's was, that, sorry to interrupt you there I, I was just going to ask you because I think part of I was sort of struck when you spoke to me about this before that part of what you were doing was this going back and checking it was working and constantly sort of looking at what appointments are available you haven't just done something and driven it but you, you've kind of gone back and checked is it working what else can we do now you know do you think does that sound reasonable is that what you've done have you kept yeah. a really close eye on it we have and we haven't changed too much other than in the summer when we had the three weeks of the 30 degrees understandably nobody wanted to come and see us so we use those empty appointments and change them to AccuRx's routine calls we made sure that every appointment was used um, appropriately because you never know when the demand's going to adjust and in it we haven't made big dramatic changes to it yet we're obviously starting to hit the winter pressures now again mm -hmm. and this is where it's going to be most valuable I think to see for us what happens and from you know feedback is positive you can't please everybody um and a lot of the time you can get your appointment but it might not be the gp that you choose but the access is there it is better could it probably be improved there's probably tweaks that could be made efficiencies that could be changed but on the whole i don't think we will be planning to go back to a another system 
Mm. Um, but obviously our appointments numbers are still above BMA recommended guidance. But as a practice, we were sort of OK with that, that mm-hmm. these were the appointment clinics we've always had. We were struggling when we were seeing another third clinic on top of what we were seeing, which was where it was unsafe for us. We had salaries that that were like, this isn't attainable long term. We as partners thought well, we can't continue like this. And the most important part of that is the patients weren't happy with the care we were giving, even though we were absolutely slammed. It, it, no party was happy. And that's when things had to change. Yeah, absolutely. So how how do you know that your patients are happy? Obviously, as you quite rightly say, you can't please everybody. But do you do you work with your PPG or is this have you done any kind of informal feedback? How how do you know that patients are finding this a better system on the whole? So we found that the reason we thought it was better is that capping was pretty much only full in the afternoons. So the balance we were getting was being fed back in the demand. So right. we weren't being capped at 10 a.m. every day. It was probably between three o'clock and five o'clock. And the feedback from reception was people were happy to be directed to other places. And the the, the informal feedback, obviously we're doing our patient surveys at the moment um, as part of IF. So we've got a plan to review those. Um, but a, a lot of it was when you phone people, anecdotal information. Oh, I wasn't expecting to get an X today. I only put this in yesterday. This is amazing. Oh, I only put this phone call three days ago. Like the, the sort of shock and surprise. And when they come in to see you, oh, I wasn't expecting to get to see you face to face. I only called up this morning. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, that that general. So you're getting that constant feedback, aren't you, yeah. through through the messaging and things, and, and reception yeah. are getting a lot less abuse as well, because obviously patients can get frustrated when they can't get access to us, and that can lead to reception are the brunt of that. The care navigators get most of that, and they've certainly had less, not none, Good. but less. Good. So, so actually, this has really helped with the well-being of the whole team, hasn't it? And and as you say, retention, recruitment of staff. Yep. Um, how important was it at the beginning with you all being on board with this? Because you talk about the team and you say you had some new people coming in and obviously some partners who've probably been there for a long time. And, you know, you mentioned about the care navigators and support you gave them. Was everybody involved in this? Did, did you all get together and start saying, right, this is what are we what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And, you know, just sort of going back a little bit and quite interested in, in how you worked as a team to do this. Yeah, so I, I it was my responsibility because I run the rotors and the appointment book. But this was a challenge that was for more than just me, and I really valued other people's thinking. So, sort of, we, we a few of our partners. What one mentioned? Oh, she came up with the two weeks idea. Another one came up with like staggering the appointments, and and it was like a collaborative sort of effort. Um, and I think everybody was on the same page of we can't carry on like this. And I think that's why everyone was receptive to change, because often change is 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 fearful process. Will this be worse than it is now? Because it can't be because we can't cope. And it's hard to change when everything is falling apart around you and everything's on fire. Which And, and it's hard to the take a step platform, back out. The burning platform, isn't it? The burning platform, that's that's what that is, isn't it? And you all, <laughs> but you, and made, we, you made the most of that, didn't you? And, and actually it's led you to a better place. Yeah, and, what, and, what and it saying. wasn't. It wasn't without emotional cost. It, it took a, a lot of people's personal time, a lot of sleepless nights, but it, it, we had to put that investment into it to do it right. And I think there was a lot of, not pressure, but expectation that we need this to work because we cannot sustain what we were doing before. So it, it was done in quite a short space of time, about four weeks, but it was intensively done. And there was lots of, like at the very beginning, there would be doctors um, that would sit in reception and 
guide them on how to use the care navigation and would signpost them so that they felt that we were involved and they knew what was needed of them and every so often you get a new member of staff in needs a little bit of tweaking or we you know there's so many new services about they forget or we could refer into this and this hub and this service so it's constantly um evolving And, and most people were on board with it we're a bit fearful of of what will happen with it including me and even it was my slight brainchild I was still terrified of what would happen the first day we pressed that button and said no we're going to cap and you know what was will we have people outside the newspapers saying that we're not providing a good duty of care and and I think it was scary but we had no choice and I don't think we'd have done that if we hadn't if things hadn't been that bad I think we'd have risked it and carried on and that wouldn't have been good for us. No, no, absolutely. If if you look back now, is there anything you would have done differently, Alison? Is there anything that you think now, well, actually, that, that didn't really work? And if I had my time again, we just wouldn't have done that. I wish we'd done it sooner, is what I'd say. I wish this wasn't last December, it was before. Um, yeah. As for, I, I don't think there's anything we'd have done differently. Um, I think it would have been good to have a liaison person that could have dealt with reception to relieve me a bit of time so having that sort of middle person um now we've got a lead two lead receptionists that manage it all and our retention of reception this is another feedback really is that our retention for receptionists since january has been the best it's ever been which shows to me that a very challenging job is a little bit more manageable now than it was Mm. previously and that's really important because if your staff are staying they're getting used to their care now if you're not retraining it's better for it all round. So I think the fact that they have stayed is really positive. And our salary GPs who weren't involved in the decision making, but were told of what was happening have been very responsive and <clears throat> I felt that we're, we're supporting them too in their roles, that there is an end, a light at the end of the tunnel of that number of patients you're going to see in a day. You know what's on your screen is on your screen. Mm. The admin is a separate matter of challenge, but the, the the patients you're going to have contact with are what is on that screen which is I think a calming thing for them knowing that that's my day. Absolutely and there's no kind of one size fits all for this is it is there as you say you know how you like to work you've never done the duty doctor system yeah. so you know for some people going from that duty doctor you know to nothing is is again another challenge isn't it but but clearly it's worked for you and, and that, that's been a good thing. Do you feel, um, Dr. Moe, so when you, in terms of capping your appointments, obviously there comes a point where you really are sort of saying, well, that's it. Um, and and where else then do you send people? Because what we haven't got is a kind of permanent overflow hub or support from the wider system in Worcestershire, which is a great shame. We have sort of initiatives yeah. over winter that sometimes come along with a bit of money coming in and something's cobbled together, um, which does provide support, but isn't a year round solution. So have you found it difficult in terms of finding other places to direct your patients to or are you just doing it throughout the day? So it's it's OK. It is a challenge because we have no emergency walk ins. Um, we are directing them to 111. We get some that bounce back, but not all. And we're obviously directing them to the online consults, which is where we, we tend to direct them and fill them in for them. What I'd like to do to build on what we've done is to start creating a virtual list of those that we have referred to 111 to show the system how many that is, mm. um, which which may cause more problems than it generates. But that would be one way of showing the systems the, the 
reason we need more support within particularly Worcestershire and Redditch at the moment as we don't have those hubs and if we could document that each surgery in Redditch or Worcestershire wide is referring this amount in and this is what could be provided by better wraparound care then that that's something I think we'd got to work around how we could build that in possibly that would be something I'd like to look at. Absolutely. And I think that's the point, isn't it? You know, GPs, it's not our job to mop up everything. And, and this kind of insatiable demand is coming down. I think a lot of people just feel we've got to keep wading through, we've got to keep on top of it. It'll get better. But it's not going to get better anytime soon without practices, you know, taking a bit of ownership of this and, and starting to make some changes, which is which is what you've done. And, and it sounds as if it's gone really, really well, um, doesn't it? And I think I think part of that is that you've involved the whole team right from the start start you've really kept an eye on it as you said you've made sure the language is right from the care navigator and all those little nuances that that mean it all all flows quite nicely um and as you say the biggest thing probably just just making the change and just saying look you know can't get any worse let's do something and and it's you know if you were going to talk to other practices and give a message to them you know what would be your what would be your advice in terms of how you approach this don't be don't think this is how it has to be forever because because I and, and you can't do it on your own the other, the other thing you need a team behind you doing it and it's not just the doctors you need your nurse triage your AMPs your R's roles your, your care navigators everybody in the practice needs to be working towards the same goal of improving patient access that's appropriate for the problem that they're referring for yeah. and you know getting the team to a safe environment where they can not cry and drive on the way into work not be miserable looking for other jobs because if we, you know selfishly we want our staff to be retained we can cope better if we're at better numbers and you've just quoted that our numbers are down nationally um we've had the privilege of being able to recruit two new partners in the last um 12 months which is brilliant for us and and I think this is a small part of why that has happened because people feel things are a little bit more manageable and, and we're not saying just work a nine-to-five day that's not it at all we're just saying right. can we work our contracted hours without feeling like we are being you know kicked down the stairs in a hamster ball spinning out of control and I think we are getting towards that from a patient access and numbers point of view so Brilliant. chat with your team make a plan it can't be any worse and and what's the harm of change and we also sent out the other thing we did is sent out a big message to everybody saying our appointments are changing right. if you want something routine you phone after two if you want an emergency you do this this and this and it went out as a blanket message so people were warned there were signs everywhere yeah. it, it was like a soft opening almost to it so patients didn't just come in one day and go oh they've changed everything what's this about and if you get the number right and, and our balance might not be another practice's balance you know if you're a doctor first practice you might want to be you might be thriving in this environment um but if you're not and you're a bit more of an old school of practice like we are where we've had routine pre-bookables this my system might work for you and you know if you want to ask how we've done it I'm happy to give some feedback on the what's and all of it if people want to reach out that's fine it's really kind of you dr mosin i'm, I'm sure people will you may you may um, resent saying that 
because what what you've shown there is you know you've managed to get on top of some of the recruitment retention issues you've improved the well-being of yourself and your staff you're less at risk of burnout now and we know a lot of doctors are having to drop hours just to get on top of the demand and you know that's not not good for anybody is it and but uh, you know the main thing as well is that your patients are happy with this aren't they they're not complaining in their droves they're actually finding this a better system in terms of being able to access an appointment and and you're getting some positive feedback from them which is which is wonderful Um, and the big thing is patients aren't unreasonable most of the time you know if if they can get an appointment in three days five days seven days 14 days they're all right I think Mm -hmm. it's when you take away that ability to plan and you make them have to fight on the phone every day for something that they don't deem an emergency but they've been had for six weeks and now it's become an emergency to them yeah that's where they're really really unhappy and and I think we think that makes things better just go on the day just go doctor first just go triage everything and I think that isn't the answer that's my biggest message from this is if that's what you're doing and you're doubling down on it and it's not working then I would consider trying to bring in some pre-bookables again which has the opposite effect in your head you think oh well where's all my on the day gonna go but actually that's the big lesson I've learned is that if you give people reasonable access the on the day demands reduce absolutely so so really important then to to also include your PPG make sure they know what you're doing and and make sure you've got some feedback from them about the changes and reassured people about how it's going to work so you you did your mass messaging so people didn't ring up one day and it's a completely different system so you know really really important that isn't it that you're getting the comms out to to people I think working within your your PCN as well so we were not the only um, practice within our PCN that adopted the this version others did it slightly differently and have had varying successes better or worse to however you want to rank it but it was good that we were all starting to put a change together um at the same time as well so if you are a part of a pcm which most of us are having those chats with your colleagues and, and we've got um and care navigation sort of part of our pcn now where we have meetings about the way we direct patients and how we do it and we share our um, care navigation pathways which is quite nice to collaborate on that as well now yeah I mean I, I think that's absolutely right isn't it you know sharing between practices is so important and if you if you start doing that in a PCN then great if that makes sense but even across PCNs and this yeah. is partly why we're doing this podcast is that just because you know you've done something it's working well let's share that and it's very kind of you Dr Mosley to take time out of your day off I think it's your day off um to come and, and talk to me about this and hopefully other people will find it interesting I know there's a lot of practices who are on the verge of doing something but can't quite get over that that fear of it could all go even more horribly wrong but you know your message seems to be give it a go and there are lots of ways of doing this aren't there but but this seems like a really one that's working very well for you and I would just say to anybody else if you're doing something in your practice that you think is really good and you'd like to share it just please contact us and let us know at the LMC and we'll we'll spread your message a little bit further because we should all be supporting each other shouldn't we so absolutely thank you very very much Dr Mosley for joining me really appreciate your time And I hope it continues to go well at practice. Thank you, Dr. Farmer.